It's your boy Danny Nassi. Welcome to episode three. Let's do it. What's going on, guys? It's your boy Danny Nassi. We're here for episode three, and I am so excited uh, because I have an incredibly special guest today. And uh, what I want you guys to know about her, because you can't see her, is she's incredibly lovely. She's elegant. She's graceful. She wears a lot of hats. Um, you know, she's a mom. She's a friend. She's a CEO. And she's just a fucking powerhouse. And I have a lot of respect for her. Uh, I met her a few times. Every time I'm around her, she's got a great big smile. It's warm. She always embraces you with a hug. Her handshake's definitely stronger than mine. It's something that <laughs> stuck out in my head. She's here right now. Before I announce who she is and what her name is, she's incredibly stylish. She's wearing an amazing tank top that says, can't stop, won't stop. She's got hoop earrings. She looks absolutely lovely. Uh, incredibly adorable, very intelligent. Uh, and someone that I would definitely go to for guidance uh, with regards to success, with regards to real estate, with regards to life, uh, just everything altogether. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to the CEO, co-CEO of Brown Harris Stevens, Bess Friedman. Thank you, everyone. Good morning. So great to be here, Danny. It's really my honor. Very Thank excited. you so much. So I was really excited about this because, you know, in my head I was thinking the whole time, like, I really want a woman in power because I really want the gents and the women out there that are listeners to know that there's people like you that are out there that have, like, really created massive success. And so where I wanted to start with you was let's start from the beginning. Let's start before, you know, Brown Harris Stevens. Where did everything start for you? Well, as far as professionally goes, um, I was an attorney before I got into real estate. I was a, a, an assistant state's attorney, a prosecutor, uh, which was a great job. It was the coolest job ever, and I loved that job. And then I was uh, a juvenile rights attorney at Legal Aid. So I was in, you know, I still love the law, but that's what I did for a long time. Um, and then I started to have a family, and I had an opportunity to get into real estate, and I took a chance, and I loved it. So that's professionally speaking, and that's... So how long were you doing that before you got into real estate? Uh, I was practicing law for roughly five years. Okay, so you got into law, then you started to have a family. Now, were you balancing both at the same time at that point, or did you, know, did you stay home? Were you working at home and taking care of the kids? What yeah, I mean, I, when I was supposed to go back to work at Legal Aid... Um, my daughter was, she was a baby, she's 16 now, so it's crazy, but, um, and I decided not to go back to legal aid and go take a chance in real estate, be an entrepreneur, make my own schedule, you know, do my own thing. Um, and I was excited about that. It was a new chapter. So I juggled everything. Yes. Yeah. Obviously I think women are just the incredible. We don't have a choice. Yeah. We don't have a choice because everything falls on our backs. I always say that women walk around with a backpack on, meaning like guys go to work and they don't have any responsibilities except for go to work. But we have, I deal with the teachers, the doctors, the appointments, the tutors, the extracurriculars for my kids. Plus, I go to work every day and juggle everything else. And women have extra responsibility that men typically do not have. But I also think that's why women make the best out of their time because they barely have any. You know what's funny? I, I think about my wife. Uh, she was an interior design, interior decoration uh, before we had our first daughter. And I remember when she got pregnant, I told her, I said, what do you want to do? Do you want to be home or do you want to yeah. be a mom? And she's like, I want to be a mom. I want to stay home. 
and she was always a worker. And I think at that time, because we were young, we got married, I was 27, we had our first baby when I was 29, so she was 27. And I don't think she knew what that meant. And I think that was really challenging for her also, because once she like understood like she was gonna be home, and it was just a completely different lifestyle, I feel like you know part of her went bananas. And now that the kids are like 10 yeah. and eight, she's getting back into decorating, she opened up her own business, she's hooking up with friends and really getting back into the workforce. And what's really gratifying to me, for me as her husband, is being able to come home, sit down, have a meal and really talk about how her day was and you know let her creative juices get out. So I was just wondering how that Yeah, I mean, you. I think that's really important. A lot of times women, um, because they wanna raise, you have, to, somebody's gotta raise the children, right? So I think it's hard to do everything well and something gets watered down. But women also want to have an identity and be professional and do everything. So it's a juggling act and it's hard. But you want to get your kids kind of in a good place and then you can go off and focus on, if you want to, your career. All right. So how did the real estate opportunity come up? You know, I had a good friend who was a, a real estate agent at Corcoran, and uh, her name is Adrienne. She's still a friend today. And she was like, you should get into real estate. You would love it. You have a law background. You're professional. The sky's the limit. I think you'd be very good at it. So I, you know, I got excited about it. It was something different. And uh, I took a chance and started, and I loved it. I was like, wow, I can go in when I want, leave when I want. It's literally what you put into it is what you get out. You know this, right? Yeah. It's a hustle. It's every day. It's nonstop, but it's exciting. And if you are professional and you show up on time and you know you're fluent with your market and you're reliable, people will go to you. And so I did everything really well. I was precise. I was studied. I, I loved it. I hustled. And I couldn't believe how lucrative and how much fun I was having. So I fell in love with the profession. So you ended up at Corcoran and you ended up working there as an agent. I worked. I was at Corcoran as an agent. Barbara Corcoran was still at Corcoran at the time. Yeah, she wrote that great book. Too. She did. I've read, She's written two uh, that I've read. And she was an innovator. She's what I call the Madonna of real estate. Wasn't she the one that actually bought like the term square footage to the market? That was actually Louise Sunshine. Oh, oh. She, she did square. Louise Sunshine is the one who said no all square footage is not created equally yeah uh, but Barbara did a lot of she had the Corcoran report mm -hmm. uh, which no other real estate firm had done that which kind of laid out what was going on in the market but she was an innovator and a creator and she created a culture at Corcoran that didn't exist any place and she, everybody she had such warmth and strength which is a, an incredible leadership quality um, and I loved her and what she created. And Corcoran is still a very uh, powerful firm, but it's changed a bit. So that's where I started. I was a decade at Corcoran. I was an agent, and then I shifted into management. I got tapped to work in management at 660 Madison. I worked closely with Pam. I still am good friends with her today. She's also a really solid leader. Um, but it's a big place, different type of company. Uh, than Brown Harris Stevens, which is where I am now. Mm -hmm. I want to back up a minute because okay. before when you were working in law, you were getting paid. It was more or less a salary, yes? Yes. Right. So let's slow down. Okay. Let's talk about this shift because okay. there's a lot of people out there. They work nine to five. They're used to getting their W-2, right? Their taxes are getting yeah. paid. They uh, have health insurance paid for. They have the security. 
And for the most part, like a lot of people that go out there, they're like, you know what? They get that entrepreneurial bug. They want to jump out. They want to change the quality of their life. In the beginning, they don't really realize it takes a lot of work, right? We're, yep. we're killing ourselves to make a sale. We're making ourselves available that may have nothing to even do with the sale just to show that there's accountability and credibility there, right? We want to show that we're here no matter what. We're 100% committed to you. So a lot of people don't get that when they get into the business. And another thing they don't get is that how quickly – uh, nothing happens unless you're God. hustling and unless you're working. So true. So you went from like a nine to five, and I'm sure you worked much more hours than that. But yeah. Let's just call it nine to five just yeah. for argument's sake. How was the shift for you to go from being an employee to an independent contractor? Because really, at the end of the day, you're working your own business. And I always say... Um, you know, what I wanted to say before was that your business only pays you as hard as you work, which is what you were saying. hundred percent. I mean, it is a transition and it is hard. And when you first get into real estate, you need to be pre prepared for not getting a check every two weeks. Um, in fact, the first six months, typically you get zero, zilch, nada. So you have to be able to plant a lot of seeds. And trust me, there are times that you work so hard and the deal blows up. And it's, it's like romance, like your heart is broken, you can't sleep at night, you have this pit in your stomach, people are disloyal, um, and you work so hard and yet you don't reap any benefit economically. So it's very hard, um, but you have to be, if you're not tenacious and you're not willing to like keep going, if you can't deal with that heartbreak, this is not the business for you. And you have to be able to save and pay your taxes because you get these big checks when you finally do a deal and you have to be able to manage it. And some people, as we know, are not good at that. And yeah. so it's it's a you have to get used to it. Some people are better off being in a, in a getting paid, you know, yeah. regularly. I mean, I always tell my team members, always yeah. the number one thing I tell them is to save your money. Save your money, save your money, save your money. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to save your money when you have bills to pay. You know, you you have to eat, you have to New York City, you know, it's, it's expensive. Disgusting. Particularly if you have a family and you're trying to, you know, put a little money aside, it's hard. You have to really be cautious. Take I, the subway. That's a great way to save money. I take the subway everywhere. I love the subway. I'm a train guy too. Yeah. I used to hate when summer came around because as soon as, you know, you gotta pay for summer camp, it was Oof. insane. It was just like an extra Everything with kids is, is very expensive, but um, the, if you work really hard at this job, the beauty of real estate, as you know, Danny, you're very successful, you're uh, a really top agent, is you have to work really hard and you have to know what you're doing, be prepared, know your inventory. And also, it's not, as Fred Peters always says, it's not the real estate business, it's a relationship business. You have to be friends and know people, uh, work well with your colleagues, right? Right. So how did you build your business and how did the law background help your business? Um, you know, I built my business little by little by building relationships, getting to know agents. I have friends at every firm from Elliman to Corcoran to Core, Warburg, Stribling, Compass, you name it. And I think that I slowly have built a lot of relationships. I worked with a lot of friends who, you know, were starting families, um, and I did a good job. And if I did a good job, they would tell their friend. And so it's kind of like, you know, that's how it works. It grows and grows. Um, but uh, I worked really hard, and I built my business. And I think as um, I think it was John Kennedy who said, "You only have one reputation in life." And I think it's that in this industry, if you mess up your reputation or you screw people over, people don't want to work with you, mm -hmm. right? So I think that it's you have to build a reputation, have people respect you, and work hard. Now, being a mom, being a wife, you know, you were in the real estate business. Today, you're a CEO, and we'll get into that also. 
what sacrifices, what challenges, what obstacles came? Because most people don't understand, like, to be successful, there's certain sacrifices you have to make. Was there times that your family was suffering because, you know, you weren't present as much? Were there times where, mm. you know, you were dealing with people who you thought were being loyal that weren't being loyal? I mean, tell me about some of the obstacles and challenges that, you know, you came across and how you kept a positive mental attitude Ugh. through it because I think that's really the biggest challenge, right? We're our own worst enemies. 100%. And so I always try to tell myself when I'm going through a funk that I need to talk to myself <laughs> the way I talk to people that I love and care about. I, that's such a great philosophy. I agree. I do the same thing. I have that mantra in my head. You know, you have to constantly try to be positive and keep going. Um, but there's always sacrifices you make. Um, and, you know, there were times where I was worried about my kids. I have two of them. They're, my daughter's 16 and my son is 13 now. He just had his bar mitzvah. And, uh, Congratulations. Thank you. Mazel tov. Thank you, darling. <laughs> Mazel tov. Um, but, you know, I was, you know, even now I'm not around as much as I would like to be. Mm. And even in the beginning, I was really out doing, a hu I was hustling a lot. And I felt, you know, that I sacrificed a little bit of their time. I wish I could have been more present. I can't go back. We can't saw sawdust, as we know. But um, I did. I, I spent a lot of time at the grind and working hard. And so I think I missed out a little bit on the, with stuff in, involving my kids um, and being present for them. Because as you and I know, we always have our phones and we're always looking and checking. And, you know, and I feel like you want to be in the moment. And I'm better at that now. But, yeah. you know, you get caught up. I mean, it was like that for me when I moved back to New York eight years ago. Uh, from South Florida, I got into more the principal side of real estate and, um, you know, I have like, I co-owned about 125 units in the city from Soho up to Washington Heights and then I was brokering those deals and then wow. I had a property management company the size yeah. of this studio where I was working with a bookkeeper part-time and wow. I wanted to kill myself. I was so <laughs> depressed. And it was really a nine to five gig, but yeah. it wasn't because like if the boiler goes out in a building or if there's mice or bed bugs oh or leaks, I'm not the kind of person that can just go to bed knowing that there's kids in the building and be like, oh, it's okay. I was on the phone with Petro till, you know, three in the morning and then getting back into the office at seven. And I just found myself so like miserable, you know, living that lifestyle. And I remember that I had a lot more time for my family, which is the point of my story. Yeah. And I remember thinking when I want to get, you know, I finally got rid of the property management company. I just wanted a full-time brokerage five years yeah. ago. Uh, it was so I can spend more time with them. But the truth is I don't have more time with them but the time that i do have i'm much more present that's you know key it's 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 also it's quality of the time that you spend you know if you, you it, you're focused you weren't distracted with so much chaos that you right. were and you were happier in your job if you're happier in your job you're happier overall I right was, it made a complete complete difference in my family in my relationship in my life just in general it's smart you made that person. move well, let me ask you this what yeah. would you tell any mom that's out there right now that's married that's working full-time that has kids that has the aspirations you know to go into something entrepreneurial but there's this fear because of the security and this cage that they feel they're locked up in what would you say to that woman? i mean i would Listen, we know, you know, it's not a dress rehearsal and you have to try to pr pursue things that you really feel that you want. And 
where there where you really want to do something you can you always can get something done if you want to and I think that for women you know because we are the caretakers and we're raising our children and doing all these things we sometimes feel like we have to stay in that role but I think today there's so many opportunities and women have to persevere they are the future I believe the future is female I believe that completely um, and I think that we need women to be more voices and to get more involved and I and I want women to do that they can do both I have and I think a lot of women can I wish you <laughs> listeners out here could feel the passion the energy that I'm feeling right now because I'm like smiling from LA to New York right now and um, you can so really funny. feel the love that just oozes out of Bess it's just crazy by the way she came in today in a dope Adidas living the three-stripe life jacket. I have to mention that. Uh, it was for Run DMC. You yeah, know, that's, that's you just, know who I'm representing you today. Know, she looks, she's very <laughs> elegant on the outside, but I think she might be a little hood on the inside. But she's not telling anybody about it. But I see it. She's itching. So let's talk about being a CEO now. How did President, you end yeah. up at, in my opinion, one of the most prestigious real estate companies in Manhattan. And I'll tell you what, yeah. if I was to ever leave where I currently am, yep. there's no question in my heart that I would come to you and I would ask for your guidance, I would ask for your mentorship, and that I would come over to Brownhouse Stevens because that's how I feel about it. Every time I've dealt with one of your agents or dealt with anything related to your company, it's always been an incredible experience, always the people that I worked with are always so knowledgeable. They're always so wow. nice and kind and warm and real and smart. And they've always made any deal that I've done with your company seamless. That is the hugest compliment. I mean it. Yeah, that's important. Listen, you know, uh, Brown Harris Stevens, BHS as we call it, it's, it's a small firm. You know, there's less than 500 agents in New York. And um, we are very professional, as you said, and we don't just take agents or hire them. We're very particular about that. And Hall, who I work with, who you mentioned, is an incredible, I think, the best leader that there is. Well, I met you guys together yes. at the Real Estate Board in New York That's gala. right, at that, at that gala right. thing. I think yep. Kobe had introduced us. Then yes. I saw Lisa Littman, who's just a she, beast in your firm. She loves, she speaks so highly of you. But I remember when I met yeah. Hal, um, immediately there was like hugs and kisses being shared. I felt like I knew the guy my whole life. He I is, almost felt, I felt like we were being very inappropriate with each other. <laughs> <laughs> but I liked it, to be honest with you. He, I think he liked it, too. <laughs> Paul is the biggest. He's, he's a complete sweetheart. So smart. But as far as real estate knowledge goes, you, there's nobody that can compete with him. He is incredible. So when I had the opportunity to go and work at BHS. Tell me how this opportunity happened, because that's a big deal. Yeah, so I was working at Corcoran. I was a manager at 660. And... Um, By the was, way, I had my license there for a hot minute. Did you? I at did. Corcoran? Yeah. I had... Um, my father's an antique dealer. He lives across the street from Kenny and Maris Blumstein. Yeah. And so I grew up with them across no the street. No way. And so one of the things that really got me excited about real estate was Kenny and they're, Maris. They're such good agents. And he mentored me. And we actually, they're it was nice. People. A couple of years ago, we collaborated on a deal. We sold a, we sold a building together off of Fifth Avenue wow. a little while back. And now it's just like full circle. That's such so a great crazy. Thing. But they're such good people. Yeah. They're good and they agent. breed real estate agents. Their kids are real estate. Are agents. they really? I didn't yeah, even yeah, know Sydney that. Sydney and Cole. It's it's insane what they've done over there. But sorry. No, Go but ahead. Cor so Corcoran. I was working at Corcoran, and there was an opportunity. 
brown hair Stevens Hall has been was running the show and he needed a person a number two person and also a person he always says if I ever get hit by a bus who's gonna help who's gonna take over so he was looking and looking for that person and he and I met and we you're had so some, not a number two person not to cut you off no you're but that, that's yeah, how but, I came in you have to remember okay I came Sorry. in as that and also I had to see if it was a fit for them and for me you never know yeah. you know it was like a we had to see if it worked but Before we, you did that, why did you decide to get out of, you know, working as an agent, making phenomenal money and going on to the other side? Because, you know, it seemed to be in, in the office that I was working in in Carnegie Hill, a lot of agents would come to me and ask my advice. And I was a natural sort of leader in that role. And so they were looking to hire a manager. And I inter talked to Pam. We interviewed and spoke about it. And she thought, you know what? And there, were, it, there was a spot at 660. And I got the call. They're like, are you ready? We need you. And I was like, OK, I'm ready. Let me try this. Maybe. And I loved it. You know, I, wow. I loved it. But I maxed out at Corcoran. Mm -hmm. When you're in a management role, there's you, there's only so much you can do. And then that's Meaning it. Meaning you felt like there was a ceiling. Yeah, there was a growth. ceiling. which and, and, and that's why there were other opportunities coming my way. So when Hall asked me to come and work with him, um, I was like, ooh, it's like, as I say, I say this quote all the time, it's like getting you know, taught basketball by Michael Jordan. He is like the kingpin of real estate. Nice. So I was a little nervous because BHS is known to be very buttoned up, a little conservative. That was my perception always. They are very. You made me feel completely different. Well, that's what a lot of the agents, the newer agents who have come, I kind of am a different mold than the typical perception of what BHS. Because you got hood in you. <laughs> Don't say you got it. some hood. <laughs> He's gonna make me rap anyway. Um, no, but it was a. I was a little f worried that maybe I wouldn't fit in. Maybe they would. Who kn who knew? You know. But not to cut you yeah. off. One thing that I noticed from afar, especially at yeah. that uh, the real Rebney the Rebney event, yeah, was that I was watching you after I met you, and I just saw you working the room. But what was beautiful about the way you were working the room is that you weren't walking around talking to everybody. Yeah. Everybody was coming to you. And I thought <laughs> oh, that was such a powerful wow. beast move on your part yeah. that just shows what a powerhouse you are. When people come and they introduce themselves to you and they want to talk to you and they want to get to know you yeah. and they go out of their way to say, hey, that's let me go talk to Bess. That's sweet of you. That's a big, but that's I, big time. You know, Danny, I have a lot of friends in the real estate industry at all firms. And I, you know, I love a lot of people and I feel very fortunate. So it's not, I mean, I appreciate what you're saying, the power thing, but it's really, we're all human beings. And I think, you know, there's a lot of love and I love getting together and seeing all those people. It's fun, you know? So, uh, but BHS was just, um, it's, it's a great place. I was nervous too at first, but I love it. And I think that there's been a little bit of a change and a shift and uh, it's gotten a little bit edgier, a little more fun. Um, and the perception has shifted a little bit. And so it's a great place to be. And I would love it one day if you were to ever join us. Sorry, Eddie. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. I mean, obviously, you know, your reign was ending at Corcoran. There's other companies that are approaching mm -hmm. you and poaching you. Why was it BHS? Why wasn't it an element or... And I, I hate to use other brand names. No, or Compass. No, or you know, listen, and also Compass, I have a lot of friends. I know Ori, and I have complete respect for him. And Rob, I know him very well. I think what they have built is exceptional. Gordon Golub, who is at Compass, who is like a brother to me. I love him. Um, and at at, Cor at Element, there's a lot of great people there. There's, But, you know, for me, BHS, what sold me was really Hall, to be honest with you. I felt a kinship with him. 
Um, and Alan Kersner, who you haven't met, I don't think. Wow. He's the COO. He's also friendly with Lisa. Um, is incredible. He is. He made me feel very comfortable and safe. And I love the fact that we're privately owned. The Zeckendorfs are. I have uh, incredible respect for them, and it feels safe, and it feels like a great place to be. Okay. So it was the right place. It felt right. I mean, it took a little adjustment, and uh, but I, I I go to work excited to get there every day. That's if you can feeling. imagine that, I love to get to work. And that's like a lot of people are like, oh, I got to go to work. I love my job, and I love going to work. Now, I do have days that I want to, like, jump out the window, of course, like we all do. Mm -hmm. And I have a bar in my office if you ever come. Yeah. I got the hookup. I have lots of scotch. I have anything <laughs> that you want, so come by. Um, but I love um, – <laughs> I really do. You have to – I believe you. No, I believe you. got to come by. I would take that to the bank. I have I cigars. You. I got the whole <laughs> shebang, whatever you want. Um <laughs> But I have a, it's just the, the people and the environment there is to me like, I feel so fortunate. I feel yeah. so lucky to be in that environment. Well, I think they're lucky too. Thank you, Danny. So let's talk about team building a minute okay. here because you have a knack for finding talent and bringing it in. What do you look for in an agent or somebody to join your group, join your team? Uh, become a member? You know, the, I, what I look for is I want somebody who's going to be professional. Uh, and get along if they can with others. I mean, I know it's a competitive environment and there's a lot of, we know there's some fighting. I mean, there are agents at BHS that don't like each other, of course. I'm mm -hmm. sure nest seekers. Anywhere you go. So what I want is I want somebody who is going to be reliable, who's going to work hard. And even if they're newer to the industry, I want somebody that's going to show up and be present. You can't do this job from home, can you? No. You got to come to the office. You need to talk to the, your agents, other agents, and find out what's going on and go to sales meetings, go to open houses. I ne you need to really like be in it to win it. You have to be willing to like give everything. And you know when somebody's like focused or not. And you know when somebody really wants to do this. And sometimes you take a chance on somebody. Um, I hired someone if, like a year ago, a woman who I didn't know. She came from a banking background. She really wanted to try it, and I wasn't sure. Uh, she's worked really hard and done very, very well uh, with great support. And so you never know how, how people are going to do, but you have to go with your gut. I've been wrong before, too, by the way. I have, too. We all, you know, make mistakes, and you're like, oops, you know, but you have to give people a chance mm -hmm. and do what you think is right at the time. Are you hard on yourself when you make mistakes? Oh, God. You know, I sometimes I am. I beat myself up. Uh, when I just do stupid shit, I beat myself up. Yeah. You know, we all do that. Like, I'm like, oh, I knew and I know that I'm making a mistake while I'm making the mistake. See, I feel like I'm cut from your cloth. You knew you were making the mistake while you were making it. I've done that. And I'm aware that I've done that. But I realize that I've done that because I, I don't want to like sound like an asshole. But yeah. I feel like I have a good heart. You do. And I feel like sometimes it really fucks me. And I'm stupid for it because there's a lot of people out there yeah. that just wouldn't do it. They of just course. don't care. I know, but that's you can't change who you are. That's who you are. You are a person that cares. You're a feeling person. You look out for people. And why would you want to? That's not. That's a great thing. I just think it's important to believe in people until they believe in themselves. Because a year later, after you believe in them, and then they start believing in themselves, and they start having self-esteem, and they do a couple deals, and they walk away, and they're dressed differently, they're carrying themselves differently, they're making incredible eye contact with you, and they look like exactly. a professional now. Like that's what gets me juiced up. That's okay. what gets me excited. Not the money. That. But that's, it's like, you know, having somebody that believes in you is what gets people 
you know, through life. For example, people who maybe don't come from a good home environment, they went to school and they had that one teacher, mm -hmm. that one teacher that believed in you. Like everybody has that story or knows of that one person that had your back, that pushed you a little harder, that believed in you. And that sort of gives people the fuel to keep going. Without that, how do you expect people to succeed? We all need somebody to help us and support us. You gotta have a believer in I your- I agree. Right? We and, all need and that. And also with regards to like your business, it only takes one person. I This is my belief. Yeah. I think it only takes, and this is some advice I got from probably the most successful person that I know. He sat me down one time. I'll never forget this. This is at the uh, St. Regis presidential suite. He nice. sat me down. Best advice he ever gave me. He said to me, it only takes one person to change the quality of your life. So every day for me, I feel so like it's a mystery to go out. I didn't never right. know who that one client's yeah. going to be. Yeah. That, first of all, I do it because I want to, I get to, I love to, and I choose to. Yeah. And I love the process. I love everything about the, our game. I love every It's, it's so exciting. It. Other than stuff in envelopes, I love everything, okay? <laughs> you got to get somebody to do that for you. I'm a humble guy. I like doing a little <laughs> bit of everything. You know, you got to lead by example. So if they see you doing it, then they're yeah. going to do it, right? Yeah. But you're right. I do got to get somebody to do it for me. Or got to get an envelope stuffer yeah. machine. Um, so, you know, he says that to me, and I go through my life just feeling like every day is like such a gift with regards to not knowing if today's the day that I'm going to meet that person that's going to say, okay, I want to buy this, 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 and that. Right. Right? You never know. You don't know. And then he's going to introduce me to his sphere of influence or but, her sphere of but influence. But that's all because of your good work that people are going to recommend you. They're going to refer you to others because you did a good job for them and they trust you. They believe in you and you are who you are. Right. And that's what makes a difference. But the people that do a bad job, the ones that are hanging up the phone on other agents or screaming and cursing and rude and lying and unethical, it catches up to them. Bess, let me ask you this, yeah. you know, and, and I read this and I brought this up to uh, Amir yesterday. We had a great interview. I told him I was meeting with yeah. you and he said to me, wow, that's going to be a great interview. I'm like, I know. Oh, so we got guy. super excited. He's a good, he's a good guy, Amir. Um, it's a morbid thing, yeah. but it was something yeah. that somebody sure. wrote in a book. But I love the question. He says, let's say you're in your deathbed. Mm -hmm. uh, forget about your wealth. Forget about your success. Your, the money's gone. Your children are there. You can only give them a few pieces of pieces of advice on how to, you know, take what you have and keep it, take yeah. what you have and grow it, or some kind of information to be able to have success or create success. Like, what advice could you give to in your, that aspect? What would you say? Well, you know, because you're I, a successful person, and I know you operate from love. Yeah. But like you've had so many experiences in your life, whether it was law, whether it was regular agent, now you know CEO of a fucking like incredibly recognized company um you know i i this is gonna i don't know how this will i i, I guess that what i would say is uh, and what i care about probably the most it's more about how i was raised is do you know i'm sure you're familiar with the expression tikkun olam so to you know it means to repair the world and I always say, like, if you borrow somebody's car, how do you return it? You return it with full tank. Should be, we should get it, bring it to the car wash, yeah. make sure it looks beautiful. You want to return it better than how you got it, right. right? And in life, I really believe that you have a responsibility as a human being in work, professionally and personally, to do better. If you are on the subway and you see somebody needs a seat, you ask somebody to get up and let somebody sit down. If you can feed somebody, if you can help people, we all have a responsibility to do things like that. So my advice to my children, and they know this because I annoy them to, like to death, 
is that they have a responsibility to give back and to do better and to make the world a better place, so to speak. Is there things that you do with regards to giving back? Like, You know, I have a lot of uh, charities that I care about that I'm involved with. And, like uh, what? Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the Khalif Browder Foundation. I'm not. I don't know how much you want me to get into this, but it's a story that everybody should be aware of. Khalif Browder was uh, a young man who was arrested wrongfully um, for stealing a backpack. It was uh, in the Bronx, and uh, he um, was put in jail at Rikers. He spent three years there. Even though he, kept, he wouldn't plead guilty, they tried to make him plead guilty. They abused him. They put him in solitary. There's tapes of this. And he was so distraught. When he finally did get out and they dropped the charges, a little while after that, he killed himself. He was a beautiful young man, and his family, his brother, Akeem, who I am friends with and who is cre trying to do so much to raise money for this foundation to teach education to kids. Because if you're in the Bronx and you're walking and an officer comes up to you, a lot of times the, the reaction is run because they don't know if they're going to get shot. They don't know what's going to happen. And if you don't look a certain way, you can get away with things. But if you're you know, just a, an African-American kid with a hoodie on, you are a target. And so Khalif was a target. He got locked up. He got abused. And it was just, it was terrible. So that's one foundation that I really, and everybody should know that case. It's a sad uh, story, but we can do better. Um, there's, a, there's a few other things. Obviously, you know, um, you know, I care about the ACLU. I'm involved with the ACLU. I care about Planned Parenthood. There's all sorts of things like that. There's a new organization that I recently went to a charity called The Bridge, which tries to give a housing to people who are mentally ill or, or homeless. Um, so, you know, these are little things. And I try to just do things every day, forgetting about putting your name up and saying, I'm doing this or that. It's just about everyday stuff that matters the most, right? Yeah. It's like what we do to give back, right? 100%. So... That's incredible. Well, you know. And I think I, you're such a great example for I your family. I think there's so much more everybody. to do. We all could do more, right? <laughs> I wish I had more time in the day, but we could all do more. So, yeah. Absolutely. So is there anything that, you know, we should know more about you or anything that we might have left out? Um, you know, the only other thing is I would say to people is try to have fun and uh, be happy and do what makes you happy you know enjoy yourselves and try to be the best you don't try to be imitate somebody else figure out what makes you happy and if you love to like go to the gym get up early go to the gym do those things if you like you know listen to music take care of you nourish yourself be gentle with yourself and try to help others you know it's the best piece of advice I would give and uh I think everybody should watch stand-up comedy because I think that makes life better. I think Me it's too. I love like? Dave Chappelle. I love Chappelle. I loved Equanimity. That was my fa one of my favorites. <laughs> but I like old school, like George Carlin, Richard Pryor, yeah. Dana Carvey. I like the old like Eddie Murphy. Remember Delirious yeah. with the red suit? Yeah. I watched that with my daughter. We were she was on the tears, <laughs> you know that. And uh, he did Delirious and Raw. And uh, you know I love I love comedy. I think stand up is brilliant. Oh, Marlon Wayans has one called Wokish, yeah. which I love. I think there's a lot of talent out there, and I to me that's like the way I can totally unwind and chill, and I love laughter. So me too. It's the best. It's so funny. I used to, you know, before I moved to the Upper East Side and I was downtown, I used to always go to the Comedy Cellar. Like yeah. Leaker McDougal. Right yeah, yeah, of course. Moons. Yeah. I lived there. 
And I remember one night I went there with my best friend Vince, and it was like a rainy, shitty night. And yeah. We went in there. There was maybe five people there, but we got lucky because Chappelle. No. Just randomly was there. No. It was like five of us and Chappelle. Shut up. It was up. the you best night so I ever lucky. had in my life. Yeah. Yeah. You so guys definitely like got like, random Yeah, New York that nights. is random. But that's a New York story right yeah, there. It's so dope. But that's those are things that, like, you know, I think for people, especially we're in a very stressful uh, environment. Uh, it's great to like unwind and do things and take care of you. Enjoy yeah. yourself. Dance a little bit. Have fun. I you agree. know, life is I short. Agree. I agree. But you know. Well, you guys are hearing it from the best, <laughs> and um, I want to thank you. Thank you, Danny, for, for having me. Fun. This is f so much fun hanging out with you here. It is. This is like it's really weird because I, you know, I was never planning on doing this. And yeah. People are like, you should do this, and then we ended up getting a studio, and it turns out being my happy place this is I, your good you got a little knack for this you think so you're good at this i think this could be your another one of your callings like you are got it you know you have skills at this <laughs> i appreciate it i'm blushing uh-oh uh but listen i also i want to thank you number one <laughs> thank i'm grateful you. for your time thank, you, thank you for being the human being that you are and you know giving and giving is living that's right and um thank you Danny. i feel lucky to share this planet with you is basically what i'm trying to say and I want people to know that, you know, you were the first person I texted when I thought of a woman in power. That's so nice. And I do believe women are the future, and I have daughters, and I want them to be little bosses, or big bosses. <laughs> They're my little bosses right now. That's great. And, uh, That's you know, what wonderful. what you're saying inspires me. Thank you, Danny. I feel the same That's and wonderful. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Thank you, likewise, my friend. I learned a lot from you today. And I think what most people don't know is like I haven't gotten really the opportunity to like sit down and get deep with you. And I felt like we did that a little we today. We did. It was fun too. And so I feel much closer to you. You are, Danny. Okay? You're the man with the master plan. Thank you, Danny. <laughs> and I want to thank especially my friend Lee. If you guys are out there and you ever want to do a podcast, you need studio time, you got to just reach out to Jambox Entertainment Recording Studios. They're located at 352 7th Avenue. You know, and I got lucky coming here because I met Lee. He's been running this place and owns this place for the last 20 years wow. and his energy and the synergy just every time I come here it just feels good so I feel very lucky and I think you know I'm lucky with regards to attracting people like Lee and his business and Bess and my uh, marketing director <laughs> Mikey yeah, you guys should definitely come to the studio. It's very nice. And Lee is definitely, he's representing for sure. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much. And uh, see you guys in the next episode. Bye, guys. 